Good morning, my friends. It's nice to see you today. I'm Marshall Bircher, and I'm your guide back to knowing, loving, and living who you are. After narcissistic abuse and codependency, I'm excited to be here with you today. <clears throat> Today's a random bits episode. We're going to actually explore an intersection between our sense of worth and value, shifting relationships, and navigating boundary change because in codependency, these are all interlinked with each other and so this might be an might feel a little complex as we're doing it but let's let's see what this does <laughs> so it's nice to see you guys before we get started i need to share this out to the community the community is here is here is your safe haven here on the internet uh, to give you guidance support connection and even a little bit of play in your life the link is above on facebook below on youtube Come join us, and if you're listening via podcast, it's in the description of the podcast, or you can go to my website, freetheself.com, and join there because it's up in the menu. Now, if, also, if you're on the podcast, share this out to people whom you know will uh, benefit from it, so even those of you and those of you that are watching on YouTube and Facebook. Share this out to people who you know will uh, gain from this training today and if you are watching on youtube hit that subscribe button as well so thank you guys again for your support being here and i get my thoughts together and i'll get that shared out because i'm just kind of like got a little head cold so it kind of gets gets you know gets you cloudy that kind of thing some the joy of the uh the joy of fall all right looks like they've moved things around so we're gonna there we go. Okay. Boom. All right. So let's jump into it. So this is Random Bits episode number 18 where we're exploring this intersectionality between changing a boundary or putting a boundary up in an existing relationship. They pull back. They resist it. They fight against it. And how it impacts our sense of worth and value. So let's let's go with a little con a little background here. So as a child, our sense of value, our sense of worth to another person is attached to how our parents regard us and then attached to how our peers regard us. This is our social value. Uh, it's, a, it's a social value we internalize about ourselves. Now, if our parents do not give us a reliable sense of being valued and valuable to them, where their sense of love and care and regard for us is unstable, then we will internalize that as insecurity, inadequacy, and we'll experience an unstable sense of personal worth and value. And we, we think that there is something wrong with us at this point, that there is something we need to change or, or be different about in order to try to stabilize this sense of value. And this is where a lot of times codependency will begin to emerge because we'll try to please them, we'll try to appeal to them, we'll try to um, shape ourselves in a way that will stabilize this attachment with this with this particular person or with our peer group 
things like that. Hi, Rita. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? And so we get stuck in this wrestle of instability in our sense of value. And then we start to grow, we start to heal, and we put up a boundary. Now, boundaries, boundaries are a healthy thing, but there's a backfire that tends to happen in two ways for us initially when we're dealing with existing relationships that have been built around this appease and please habit that we have. See, we've conditioned people to expect a certain thing from us by showing up a certain way repeatedly. And so when we start placing a boundary, we amplify the instability of our sense of self-worth because we start to get pushback, confusion, and even outright abuse and aggression from the other person or persons involved. Now, let's put some context on these person A and person B here. So person A, let's say they are on the 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 narcissistic spectrum. They they have toxic habits and they show up in ways that are harmful to us, right? They're going to get very angry and they're going to get very um, militant about getting that boundary down because they want the benefit they use you for and then their entitlement just man today and that sinus thing their entitlement frustrate their their entitlement amplifies or or justifies their anger towards you so in other words hey i deserve this thing and so you're better give it to me and if you don't i'm going to punish you for it this is where this attitude of well you made me do it comes from because they think they're entitled to whatever they want from you all right so that's that backlash right there amplifies a sense of wrongness in us like i'm wrong i'm bad this is this i, I need to go back and appease and please because that's the only way i'm going to get my connection needs met it's the only way i'm going to have a sense of stable value and identity and it's the only way i'm going to feel like i belong because that's really what codependency is doing for us is it's attempting to fulfill these three necessities of fulfilling our needs, creating connection, and providing a sense of identity. So that becomes unstable. So it's like, ah, scary. And that brings up our sense of insecurity, inadequacy, a fear of not being lovable, really puts us in contact with attachment distress. The second one is person B. Person B is actually pretty healthy. Um, and they love us, they care about us, they have positive, warm regard for us. But they're confused. Suddenly there's these changes and these boundaries coming up, and sometimes we're communicating those boundaries in really blunt ways that land really hard on them. And they don't understand, what did they do something wrong? What do they do now? How do I relate to you? What, what is happening they don't know what to do with this change. And that, uh, that can lead them to feel anxious or avoidant, pull away or confront things, which again destabilizes our sense of stability with them. And it activates that insecurity. It activates that sense of inadequacy and that fear of being too much or too little, wrong or bad, because now this attachment we have is unstable with this person. So this is the kind of thing we get 
back initially when we're erecting boundaries and, and communicating what we need in order to feel safe, loved, valued, and seen in our world. This is normal. This is an expected thing. And it's one of the most difficult aspects of our journey. But it's a temporary thing. Because what starts happening here is if we, if we apply trust and priority to our boundaries. In other words, we treat our boundaries with value, with importance, priority, and we apply trust and respect to them first then we are showing ourselves that we value ourselves, we believe in our value, we believe in our well-being and our right to have stability in our world. So it's an act of self-love. So step number one is we apply value, importance, and priority to our boundaries. We start responding to the boundary like, yeah, this is is something that matters to me, it's valuable to me, despite the pushback I'm getting. Because the pushback we're getting does not tell us that it's wrong. It doesn't define that we've made something wrong. It does reveal the person and the relationship status to us. So if we're dealing with person A, they're being aggressive and abusive and trying to control things, we have learned that this person doesn't actually care for us. They care about the benefit, and now they're trying to control us, and now we got to make some hard, firm decisions about this relationship so that we can enforce our well-being and our happiness and our health, which means it's not about getting them to change, guys, because remember, boundaries direct your behavior, not theirs. So if they're behaving this way and your boundary is, I'm not, I won't be treated this way, that means we leave the relationship. We disengage from that person. So that's essential, uh, essential factor number one, we'll just call that. Now, essential factor number two with person B, this is a chance to communicate. This is a chance to share with them your context and go, you know, I, I might have communicated that boundary in a really blunt way. I, I, I apologize because I, I care about us. I care about our connection. I care about you. You matter to me. And I'm learning what I want and what I don't want in my world and how much of it I want. And so I'm playing with boundaries and I'm learning how to know myself and and experiment with things that work for me. And I understand that this could be really uncomfortable for you and confusing. And you're not alone. It's confusing for me too because I want us to grow and thrive. And and so I want to talk about it with you. So this is where I'm coming from. And I want to know where you would like to go in our, our friendship or relationship too. I want to know what matters to you here. And then you guys can begin to build new bridges and new ways of connecting and nurturing your friendship and your relationship from this new basis, from this new exploration. And a lot of times these kinds of uh, relationships will, will thrive there because you're both coming more and more from a healthy center and a willingness to understand each other. It's a big vulnerable act. It is not an easy thing to do. Having done it several times myself, it's, it's a leap. But here's the gain we get. Okay? We start getting clarity about who deserves to be in our yard, who deserves to be in our life, and who doesn't. Because a relationship with ourselves is fundamentally a privilege. Nobody has an entitlement to it. It's a privilege to be in a relationship with someone. And so it's, if 
and that's a universal thing. So it's a privilege to be in relationship with me. It's a privilege to be in relationship with you. And when we see this, see ourselves this way, we see our relationships this way, it really expands us into a conscious connection with that other person and with ourselves. It, it uh, breeds and builds consent. So it's like, hey, I would like more of this. What do you think? Or I'd like it this way. What are your thoughts on that? We start to actually get to know and see and witness each other organically and from a genuine, from our genuine place of love because that's my assumption generally that most of us are coming from love and we want to connect with through love is how we do it that creates a lot of challenge. And so when we approach it from that angle, we go, oh, okay. Can, I can see how I want to communicate my love in a more empowering way and, and be available for them to do the same. And from there, I can be rooted in my body and discerning about what works for me and what doesn't so I can communicate that. That's the magic here with boundaries. Now, there's another, there's another effect that tends to happen with this, especially for us when we're initially leaving codependency. And this also destabilizes our sense of value. And that is we start to feel more and more alone because we're realizing that a lot of our relationships and friendships have been mired in a lot of toxicity or unhealthy behaviors and interactions or they haven't been working for us. And so we start to let go of these relationships. We start to feel more and more isolated. And this amplifies the sense that there's something wrong with us, that we don't have social value, that we're not worth knowing, loving, or keeping. We're not worth being seen, loved, and valued for who we are. That's scary. It's a big unknown because now we're encountering the face of a terror we've tried to avoid most of our life. And that is discovering that maybe we're not a lovable person. This is a deep work here because what really is going on is we're making space for a healthier friendship and relationship in our lives. And what we have to do at this point is become proactive about going out and experiencing new things, getting to know new people, and building that activity of discovering new people around interests that matter to us and then showing up as we are in that moment. Basically, the more we show up as who we are rather than who we think we need to be to get someone's attention and to, to be liked, the more we're actually going to build genuine friendships and relationships in our life because the person's going to see us for who we are from the get-go. So there's no games to play. There's nothing to do and there's nothing to earn. It's just here I am and people will like me as I am and I will like people as they are and then I'll approach the people I like and if they like me back, then we can build a friendship. If they don't, I'll be sad for a little while and I'll approach someone else. Our work is to filter out who doesn't belong in our world and who does and to make this a practice. So it isn't just about how I put boundaries up and I'm letting go of things that don't work for me. It's more like, I am letting my boundaries guide me to people, places, and things that work for me. Which means I have to be engaged in experiencing new people, places, and things so I can discern what works for me. 
It's a big curve. It's a lot of work, especially emotionally, because in all of this, we're wrestling with this unstable sense of value. So how do we deal with this? Well, firstly, in the Know Yourself strategy and in the last, in the sovereignty section, in the Heal Yourself strategy, we start exploring a concept called innate value. What innate value is, is it's our intrinsic worth. It's what we are born with. It is not alterable. It is not changeable. It is not, um, ampli- we can't amplify our sense of it, but we don't, we don't add to or take away from it. So innate value is something that's present within us always. What the real challenge is, is training our awareness to sense into it and bring it forward. When we start being able to connect into our innate value and cultivate our awareness of it, it starts to stabilize this attachment distress we have, this unstable sense of value or worth. We start to connect to and then galvanize a stable attachment to ourself to our own sense of person, and sense of power, sovereignty, and well-being, and our, ultimately our value. This allows us to succeed in navigating these boundary changes and discovering new friendship and relationship in our lives without being too skewed and thrown out of order by rejection and by approval. Now, it sounds simple, kind of is, but it's not necessarily easy because there's trauma to work out in this. We've been conditioned to believe there's something wrong with us. So we have to start moving in the direction of questioning that belief. Is there actually something wrong? Or is it, uh, or is it the case that I was dealing with people who did not value me? That can bring up that unstable sense of value. So we connect to it again. It's like, it's okay what we feel about that. We can feel hurt and scared and even like maybe that does mean this. And we have practice legitimizing it, acknowledging, legitimizing, and allowing it to integrate for us so that we can connect with, again, the sovereignty of our experience, which leads to compassion and care nurture and then that helps us get more connection to that innate value and strengthen that connection so it becomes more and more stable and now it's a complex journey there there's a lot going on in how we're navigating this and that's what's going on behind the scenes when we're dealing with boundaries we're feeling that sense of unstable value and the relationship changes that are going on but it gets better I mean, the, f- the, first, the first segment of this, the first portion of this kind of journey is always the most challenging because it's so destabilizing and confusing. But once we get down that road, we get really connected with ourselves and we get this in practice, we don't have to do it very much because what starts happening is we start experiencing relationships that have a high level of stability because they like us for who we are. We like them for who they are. So there's no more this, there is no more uh, people pleasing. We're no longer trying to appeal to make them like us. They already do. So there's, again, nothing to earn there. There's just something to enjoy there. It's to experience, cultivate, and uh, kind of bask in the experience of like, I'm seen, loved, and valued by this person. 
I see love, I see them, I value them, I love them for who they are. Makes our life a lot easier, but this initial curve, it is definitely a challenge. So my friends, go gently with yourself as you face this, as you navigate this, and know that you're not making any mistakes by putting a boundary. People's pushback on a boundary just tells us that either they feel entitled to something from us or they're confused about why the change is happening and we need to talk more with them about it so we can stabilize their understanding of how we value them and where we would like them to be in our lives. And then we can cultivate and nurture our own innate value by retrieving it from their approval and rejection, by cultivating a connection and awareness to our innate value, and then adding trust to it, trusting in my innate value, and allowing that to guide us, or allowing that to guide me and your value guiding you. Let <laughs> me make that separation clear there. There we go, my friends. That's today's training. Go gently with yourselves out there. Got uh, a new announcement for you. My five-day challenge is open for enrollment. You can check that out in the description above on Facebook, below on YouTube, or you can go to 5D as in dog, C as in cat, dot freetheself.com and enroll in the five-day challenge. It's called the five-day freedom from codependency challenge. We are focusing on one's personal power and legitimacy. So we're making ourselves real to us. So in this five-day challenge, we'll explore how we legitimize our emotions, our needs and wants, how we occupy, reoccupy and reclaim our power and our identity over the course of five days. And there'll be live trainings with that, along with access to the tools that help you make that happen. So link is above again on Facebook, below on YouTube. Come and join us. We start December 6th. It goes through December 10th. You're welcome, Rita. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for the beautiful flower, Satori. You guys have a beautiful day, and I'll see you in our next training. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.